0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, January 23rd. The, no, you can't marry your mom edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry who's 10, Oliver who's 8, and Teddy who's 6. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
2: I'm Jamille Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine and three quarters, and we live in Los Angeles.
3: I'm Zach Rosen. I make a different show. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is five, and my youngest, Ami, is two.
1: Well, today on the show, we're going to be talking about a princess-obsessed little girl who keeps proposing to her mom. The mom finds it sweet, but is really struggling to explain that wedding bells are most certainly not in their future. We're also going to do a round of recommendations where we tell you what we're loving right now, and then we'll wrap up the show by digging into a particularly spicy (laughs) mailbag. See you back here in a second. We're back and ready to hear our listener question, which is being read by the wonderful Shasha Leonard.
4: Hi, mom and dad. I'm the mother to a newly five-year-old daughter who is all in on princess culture. She has mentioned to me a few times how she would like to marry me. I gently try to tell her that she can marry anyone she likes when she's older, but not her parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles. But then I am out of what to say to her. (laughs) Any ideas? What is appropriate at this age? Thanks, Queen Mum.
2: I think at five, your daughter is old enough to hear about the different types of love that exists. There's the love that we have for our family, for our mom and dad, for our grandparents and aunts and uncles, you know, and these are people that are connected to us through the relationship of family. Because for some people, that's blood. Some people, that's not blood. But it's, you know, a specific kind of relationship. It's just your family. These people are, you know, to take care of you and to love you throughout your life. And you didn't choose them, you know. Uh, and then there's a type of love we have for friends when we meet somebody at school or in the park and we really like them and we want to hang out with them and we decide that they, you know, we want them to be our friend. You can end up loving them and caring very deeply about them and wanting to help them and support them and be by their side, but it's different from what you have for your family. You know, your family was chosen for you and your family, you know, when you're a child has a responsibility to protect you and to take care of you. And then as you get older, there's romantic love and it's when you get these special butterflies in your tummy and you meet one particular person, regardless of what their gender may be. And you want to spend your time with them. You want to go on dates, You want to hold hands and be affectionate. Um, And perhaps if you're old enough, you'll want to get married and start a family of your own. Um, And that's a very different type of love than what we have for our family members. And the two cannot be combined. You know, no matter how much you love your mom or your aunt or your grandfather, you just simply can't. It's against the law. It's weird. It's just not what people do. And that's okay and that there are lots of ways that she can express her love for her mother she can give hugs and kisses she can draw her pictures they can play games together there's no limit to the ways that you can love uh, or show your love for your mother well I guess there is a limit the limit would be getting into a romantic (laughs) relationship with her um but that you know, all of these forms of love are very special and important and can have a role in your life. But that they're not to be confused with one another.
3: Like you were saying, which is something I've actually said to to Noah where she's talked about marrying her brother. And it's like a similarity between marriage and what we have is that we are going to love you for the rest of our life. Just like, you know, hopefully perhaps your your partner will. And so I think... A lot of kids conflate marriage and love, and just just untangling that idea that you know marriage is this kind of uh, agreement. I mean, it's a. I don't think you have to get into le- the the oh, legal is that, issues around say, it. That's but,
1: how I explain it. I'm like, yeah, marriage is a legal binding.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- that's probably helpful. That's probably helpful to say it like that.
1: We have gone through phases. where at this age. All of the boys, you know. Would say, Oh, I want to marry you. And one, I would just take that to mean they just, they love me a lot and they're exploring this. So, right. so saying to them something like, Well, I'm going to love you forever, or like, My love for you is never going away. Cause, cause to me, that's kind of what they're trying to express, right? And then maybe because I'm, like, not a romantic, maybe it's because, you know, the legal background, I'm just like, marriage is a legal binding. It is something you decide to do with someone else for particular purposes. Yes, it has stuff to do with love. But in some cases, it is, you know, you can love a bunch of people and decide this is the partnership I want to be in. Um, and that that part is marriage, right? We don't need marriage because I'm your mom. And this is our relationship. And it was defined. It's just defined by this relationship of me loving and caring for you and providing for you and you, you know, being being mine in that sense. and i I do want to talk about a little bit. And I'm going to look to you guys for guidance on this is like hmm. she talks about this princess culture. And I'm wondering if that's kind of where things are getting complicated. like if her daughter is kind of obsessed with this idea of princesses and getting married, what do you guys think about about that dealing with a kid who is all into like all in on the princess thing?
2: You definitely want to talk to them about um, the difference between princesses as they exist in pop culture and real life you know, that there are parts of the world where there are monarchies and there are kings and queens and princesses. Mm. Um, But even for them, life is generally very different than what you would see in a Disney movie. Uh, But that in some of our storybooks and movies, there's this idea of a handsome prince coming along and saving a woman or sweeping her off her feet and just giving her this life that's so magical and privileged and that's not what marriage typically looks like for people um that you know a princess is a fun thing to be for halloween but not something to aspire to in your real life
3: i did just do a quick google and found this that national geographic put out a book for kids called the book of queens legendary leaders fierce females and wonder women who ruled the world um and so that sounds like a That might be a a cool way to kind of demystify and and complicate the narratives around princesses and queens. I actually might get that for Noah.
1: Hmm. Well, Queen Mom, we hope this helps. We would love to know how it goes. So please keep us posted by emailing us at at slate.com. That's also, of course, where you can send us any questions of your own. We're going to take another quick break and then join you back here for recommendations and our mailbag.
5: Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. ram dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply.
1: All right. It's finally time for recommendations. Jamila, what are you recommending? I am so happy
2: to recommend Dan Kois' book, Vintage Contemporaries. It is officially out now. It's a really sweet novel about friends, coming of age, coming to terms with who they are, uh, new parenthood, career. It's just really, really sweet. Dan left a nice little Easter egg in there for me. I won't spoil it for you. Um, but it's Whoa, just a really that's cool. Yeah, it's a really sweet book and it is available now. So let's make Dan a New York Times bestseller. You guys go get vintage contemporaries.
3: Will we be able to tell what the Easter egg is, or is it yeah. like an audience of one?
1: Yeah, no, you'll be able to.
3: Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm.
1: Zach, what are you recommending?
3: So we were over at our friend's house the other day, and Noah scraped her foot pretty badly on their uh, like their radiator, and and was crying and crying. And then our friends busted out like the most beautiful first aid kit I had ever seen, and it totally transfixed Noah and got her to stop thinking about whatever pain she was in and instead to focus on like the pages and pages of different patterned band-aids and a bunch of (laughs) other things in there. And it's from the people at keep going. So it's called, if you Google keep going first aid kit, first of all, there's like a bunch of different cases with cool designs from like sunny rainbow to flamingo, to tie dye, to sports, to wild side, to, stem to blue camo. So like just the the container for the for the first aid kit itself is like really beautiful. But then inside it's like the most awesome um mix of like stickers and band-aids and safety pins and antibiotic ointments, but it's like it's so not just like basic sterile first aid kit. It's this thing that your kid would be super excited about. It's $30. I don't think I would I could actually justify buying it for our house though I think it would be a really cute gift for someone and I'm telling you like that the distractibility of it really helped Noah um, move on from her pain pretty quickly in a way that I think just like a boring old beige band-aid wouldn't have so this first aid go kit the prettiest first aid kit I've ever seen
1: I love a good looking (laughs) band-aid right I mean, I'm such a sucker for a good first aid kit and a good a band aid that makes kids excited to put it on. And mm-hmm. um, I am recommending a very fun and informative book called Help Your Kids with Adolescence from DK. And this is actually Help Your Kids With is like a whole series. And I would describe it kind of as like a a visual encyclopedia. They have like help your kids with math, help your kids with science. And I've used them in homeschooling. I came across the Help Your Kids with Adolescence at the library, picked it up and then purchased one for the house because I think it is like a great strewing book. So strewing is like where I leave things in places for the kids to discover on their own and look through and ask questions. And so for this, like I set it kind of over by the couch. And then when we had our quiet reading time, the kids were happy to pick it up. It's full of these great color illustrations. It's about a two-page spread on each kind of like puberty or adolescent topic. It doesn't go into terrible detail but it is where you know Henry's about to turn 11 this is kind of a good opportunity for him to read some stuff and start forming some questions we've been doing this with other books but it's just like so cute. Like I, I have it here. Here's a two page spread of what is puberty. And it kind of just explains some things. It has pages on everything from cyberbullying to money matters, stress. There's a page on eating disorders, just kind of giving them some of the words and language and things to look at. And Henry's had some really great questions. And I've learned a thing or two um, by the little diagrams and looking stuff up. So if you're looking for something to just kind of start that conversation or let your kid explore on their own, I'm I'm really liking Help Your Kids with Adolescence.
2: Sweet. Very cool.
1: All right. Well, we're going to wrap up today with some amazing mailbag letters. So last week on Slate Plus, we were discussing trends that we'd like to see bite the dust in 2023. Zach, do you want to remind us what you wished (laughs) was on the chopping block?
3: (laughs) I came out strong for the elimination of holiday cards. Not because I don't like them, but because it makes me feel insufficient as someone who just can't get their shit together to to make a holiday card i i said it in jest but um, i knew that i i would probably get some pushback and indeed we did right like pretty soon after we posted the episode we got <laughs> yeah, some it people was like, defending
1: yeah like moments i knew i knew it had been posted because the inbox <laughs> started to fill with um some of you sent us your holiday cards Aww. to prove to us how cute and they were and they were very cute they are yes <laughs> We forwarded each and every letter to Zach, <laughs> yes. and I think you responded. I think he actually responded to everybody. Um, I did.
3: I, I really loved getting this this
4: feedback.
1: But um, we wanted to share some of those letters with yeah. you, um, so here's what we've gotten in response.
4: Happy holidays, whether you like it or not. That's right. My kids are 17 and 19, and we still send holiday cards. We're not on Facebook, and a lot of people aren't on IG. We always use a picture that no one's seen, and I don't know anyone who doesn't like getting mail. Love the show, even though you don't send cards. Smiley face.
3: Yeah, I mean, this point that that they make here that they are not on Facebook, um, and a lot of other people aren't on Instagram, is totally valid. And, like, if you are in the rarefied world of not being on social media, first of all, good for you, because it's pretty much a waste of time. Then a holiday card is, like, a breath of fresh air and totally great, because you haven't seen these these kids or these families um since last year in many cases so in that i mean in that context i totally i totally support that
1: we also got this one
4: i love to see cards for those who choose to send and care not at all that some folks have never sent me a card i use double-sided tape to attach a piece of wide ribbon on a cabinet end and i pin the cards to it same ribbon for a decade I pack the ribbon away with the cards, so next year I see the previous year's cards as I put the ribbon back up. In years when an old card is from someone who has since died or where the kids have seemingly doubled in height, they are treasures. And then I recycle them. Send or don't send yours. Enjoy or trash mine. Change your friend group or just enjoy a private laugh and then extend grace to people who use crazy professional picks. But bless your hearts. Release yourself from card anxiety.
1: Largely, Zach, this... This letter writer is telling you, stop worrying about whether you (laughs) sent them or not. Thank you. Appreciate the ones you get Mm -hmm. and don't don't spend another moment worrying about that you didn't send them out. Amen. And finally, we got an update from a listener from just a few weeks back.
4: Thanks for answering my question. I'm the bitchy non-parent who judges. I was delighted that you took my question. Your advice was spot on and more something I needed to hear rather than something I didn't already know. It was also good to be reminded how harshly society judges mothers and how I fell into that trap myself because this particular mother had annoyed me so much over a 48-hour period. What I really needed was a chance to bitch to some friends about it. And you gave it to me. I really love puttering around the kitchen on Tuesday and Friday mornings with my coffee and my friends, a.k.a. you. Also, regarding responses to banishing Christmas letters, Jamila, I can't believe you described your family as hanging by a thread. I think your family sounds great, and I admire the child-centered way you go about co-parenting without, I think, I hope, neglecting yourself. But maybe I'm biased because you are so pro-therapist. Love you all. I really, really appreciate that. You know,
2: the girl Jamila's having a difficult time lately. I would just ask you all to keep me in your thoughts and prayers it's rough you know um being on a show where you're giving advice can kind of sometimes make it seem like you've got everything together and everything's okay but you know the reality of parenting and single parenting um is challenging for me so i do sometimes feel like i'm hanging on by a thread but i really appreciate those kind words
3: i feel you i feel you jamila yeah i'm so sorry that it's going through a hard time
2: thanks guys
3: and we're here and we're here if you want to talk about it on or off the mic
2: appreciate y'all thank you
1: well thank you as always for the letters please keep them coming we love to hear from you and that's it for the show This episode of Mom and Daughter Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.
4: Step into the world of power, loyalty.